I want to give a nice warm tavern welcome to all you rangers who sense dangers, all you wizards cast in blizzard, and all of you bards rocking and rolling for the oldest of the dustiest grognards. My name is Grognard the Young, the Young Grognard, and I'm coming at you today with an episode all about rumors, the rumor table, the rumor mill, anything that you might have heard from somebody once at a tavern spilled over a bit of some ale. Um, But before I dive into it, I do want to say this is another DM rant episode, and I'm going to be experimenting with trying to do a little bit of a shorter episode. I'm going to give it a try, see how I like it, see if you guys like it, and if anybody has any comments on it, any concerns, if you like it, hate it, whatever, go ahead and shoot me a a message over at the the Twitter, ygrognard, uh, or shoot me an email, younggrognard at gmail.com, and just tell me what you think. But anyway, so... The topic today comes from the fact that I'm helping one of my friends run her first game, and she's running it for the 5th edition, which, you know, makes total sense to me. Great edition for people to start off with. Um, But she's going to be running somewhat of a modification on the module The Sinister Secret of Saltmarsh, which is a wonderful module for anybody who just wants something to learn about, anybody who wants to do a little reading on the history of uh, classic modules. Uh, Seth Skorkowski on YouTube, he did a great job uh, reviewing that module, so go ahead and give him a peek on that one if you want a good idea what this is all about. But that aside, um, but I was talking to her about how to set up sort of... As a great DM, you need to sort of set the tone, set the mood, because anybody can just read the module. Anybody can just pop open the book and read whatever's on the page, draw the maps out, put the monsters out and do the combat and stuff. But a good DM is somebody who breathes a lot of life into their world and into the module and sort of makes it fun to be a part of that world, you know? And so one of the biggest troubles that I think comes along with being a good DM is being able to weave storyline in a very seamless way and making things that the players do or their motivations or even how a party comes together make it seem really organic. So one cheap and easy way I find to make things pretty easy for how people um, come together or how they find a quest is just through rumors, you know? And something I thought about when I was setting up the audio equipment for this episode was the idea that a rumor is sort of like a myth or a legend, but it's one that's told on a much smaller scale, you know? Like, there's legends and myths of old, and ones that have been lost over the ages, but the idea is that those are just rumors that have been, I guess, believed to be true, or rumors that have been cast onto such a large scale, but rumors are basically just myths and legends and training, right? So, what's great about, um about rumors, and I first learned how to use them from looking at a lot of classic modules, uh, a lot of, you know, old Gygaxian stuff and old classic modules from the B-series, but, you know, what's great about rumors, and this is going to sound silly, but some of them are false, 
And I just, I love the validity that comes with having false rumors put in place. Because you think about it, a false rumor could be put in place either because somebody just purely mistaken what had gone on, somebody could have done it in a malicious way and created a rumor, started a rumor, or maybe somebody just falsely attributed something and just happens to tell one story that catches on, you know? And so to explore those, I mean, the idea that somebody would create a false rumor and just create this idea that I mean, in the case of the Sinister Secret Assault Marsh, I mean, the whole plot kind of drives around the idea that the place is quote-unquote haunted. You know, the mansion is haunted. Um, also, spoiler alert, uh, I'm going to be talking about the module and probably give away some stuff, but I figure if you're listening to such an obscure podcast as this, you probably already have a pretty good idea about the Sinister Secret. But anyway, you know... The rumor surrounding the Sinister Secret Assault Marsh is that this old mansion on the outskirts, out on the water of the uh, major town here that everybody's in, is haunted. And the idea is that it's haunted in order to keep people away from finding out what's going on inside the house. You know, there's some smuggling ring, and so the idea that it's haunted keeps people away from it. And that's such a beautiful, classic thing to do. And I've taken this same thought and I've kind of pushed it to limits and I've used it for a couple other modules, but uh, one of them being a group of evil gnomes having put up illusions of monsters and rumors being that, you know, rangers and scouts had seen monsters on the horizon at an old fort and... You know, the gnomes had done this on purpose, picked a very specific monster to make illusions of, just to keep people out of their area for a little bit while they do some evil deed. Um, Additionally, another cool way to use the rumor table is just to have rumors be sort of like mistakes. And have somebody who's not lying to people, but just maybe misattributing what it is that's actually going on. So having characters or, or NPCs have rumors... I don't know, maybe maybe there is a haunted house, and or at least somebody speculates that it's haunted. But the reason why they think it's haunted is just because there's a whole bunch of things going on in the area that seem to make it seem like it's haunted, you know? So maybe they saw curtains in the windows flapping around and thought that they were ghosts. Or maybe somebody hears a howling in the distance and... It sounds like some sort of ghastly ghoul or wraith or something like that, a banshee in the in the distance, but in reality, it's just some sort of natural cavern blowing wind through it, you know? And maybe that's its own quest right there. The idea that maybe a group of miners, maybe evil underground miners, maybe kobolds had been mining out there and maybe opened up some sort of natural chimney and it blows in the wind and lets out this hooting screech noise. And the party goes to investigate this whole banshee thing only to discover the sound actually comes from that cave. And that's such a great way of building up tension in the storyline because then players get all amped up and thinking they're going to go fight the undead or they're going to go out there and go face some supernatural evil only to realize there's a completely different threat and it's just a whole different flavor of threat. You know what I mean? The idea that players can go out there and have their expectations met with something completely different is a really easy twist to pull off. And I think if done perfectly well and done with a little bit of, um, 
I don't know, panache and finesse. I think a DM can really blow people's minds with something like that. And I think it'll make for a really memorable game, especially if you play up the moment when they expect to see some banshee in the cavern and instead a little kobold comes walking out, screeches in terror because he sees a bunch of party members and just runs for it. You know, that, that moment of expectations being met with something like, I don't know, a dinky kobold, I don't think you can really, uh, you can really capture that with anything else but this. Um, but the last one is just a true rumor, you know, the idea that players will hear about something like, I don't know, the mayor paying mercenaries to, I don't know, kill off or threaten anybody in town in the upcoming election who tries to run against him. Like, that could be a true rumor, and the party would only hear about it through rumors, because if anybody was to be out and about just talking about in the street that, you know, the local mayor's doing that... I mean, I imagine that person who's speaking about it so out loud would probably get silenced too. So the idea that people hear rumors is sort of, uh, I don't know, it's sort of the equivalent of finding like some ancient hidden map, you know? It's something that the players have to go looking for, but when they find it, it's a nugget of information that lead them on to the next step in some, I don't know, great story, right? But that's where it gets kind of cool too, is the idea that rumors can be kind of hard to find. It's almost as if there's a sort of quest leading up to finding out stuff. Um, in the most recent game I ran for a group of 3.5 players, um, they ended up in this real sandboxy location that I'm, I'm playing in. It's a town called Stormfair. And they uh, are trying to figure out where a group of kids went missing, but they're also hearing a bunch of different little slight rumors about other stuff is going on in the south, in the forests, and by the mountains. And so what was cool was having the party on their first real day of downtime be able to set up shop to use that skill from 3.5, the gather information skill, which I guess a lot of people didn't like it. I thought it was kind of a cute and easy little skill, but um, what was cool is every member of the party basically got to explain to me where they'd be picking up their rumors and what they would be doing to be getting those rumors. As written, the rules for 3.5 for gather information says something about like, you know, 1d4 plus one hours or something like that of time devoted to hanging out in some location and asking around. And then there's also a gold requirement. So you actually have to pay a little bit of money. And the way they reason this is, you know, you're at the tavern buying people drinks or buying people food and trying to butter them up to get some info out of them. Now, naturally, the party was pretty broke being first level and on their first quest, so what was interesting was they kind of had to come up with ways to really capitalize on being in the right place to hear the right rumors. So, you know, the mystic and the elementalist in the party both hung out in the village square and were reading fortunes and selling small trinkets, and in exchange for the trinkets were asking stories of the area, you know? Um, there was a party member who was a trained dancer, and so she hung out at the bar and basically on breaks between performances would sit down and talk to people, maybe buy them a couple drinks or take drinks people were buying her and just pass them down the line to somebody she wanted to get a rumor from. And so it was kind of cool to let people role play through how they would do that. You know, too often I think people find rumors or get their information through interrogation or something like that and I think that the beauty of playing something kind of sandboxy and being forced to be 
don't want to say it, pleasant. <laughs> I guess pleasant would be the word for it. But forcing players to have to kind of play nice and be charismatic um, without having to just pay people to hear things or as a DM, just not just telling them what's going on in the area. But it forces a bit of role playing that I don't think all characters usually get to engage in. And I think that, I don't know, it's a really cool element to add into the game because, I don't know, especially in something kind of sandboxy, the cool part is the idea that there could be so many rumors out there, especially when you consider things like false rumors or people creating rumors in order to, you know, keep people off their trail. So with that in mind, you could end up having a game with like 15, 20 rumors in total and you could just have players roll a d20 to figure out which rumors they actually know. Sometimes what I'll do uh, when I'm starting a game off, and this was the advice I gave to my friend starting Sinister Secret, was to create a list of rumors, like 12 items long, and to create sort of a, uh, a fair balance between lies and true rumors and maybe a couple special rumors that are sort of true but also sort of false. And then what you do is, before the game starts, you have all the players roll a d12, if it's a 12-item list or whatever. And if they have a high charisma or some sort of skill proficiency that lends itself to knowing about rumors, like a knowledge of history or something like that, what you can do is you can give them bonus rolls, and you just ignore doubles. Um, and so if a character is a bard and they have knowledge of history, and they have a charisma modifier of like a plus two, maybe have them roll four times, you know, once for the base, two for charisma, and one for knowledge of local, I mean, a history. And with that, they get four rolls on the table. They might learn a whole bunch of different stuff about the area, but some of it might just be lies that they picked up at the bar. But what's cool about it is it almost rewards characters who are a bit more social before they even get to a place where they can behave socially. You know what I mean? It's sort of like the idea that if a fighter walks into a bar, before they even have to roll an intimidate check, they might already look kind of intimidating to begin with. You know, we kind of, as DMs, sort of give that free point across for that sort of stuff. So why not do it for the charismatic characters? And what's cool is that... Hearing the same rumor as the player next to you might seem kind of like, a, I don't know, kind of a ripoff because then it's like, oh, you know, we only know two things about this area because three of us all heard the same rumor about the mayor, I don't know, silencing local competition for the next election. But that could be the quest hook that brought that party together. You know, the idea that those people all came together because they have some opinion about how that works. And it helps with that first session, that session zero slump of trying to figure out why they're all on a quest together without just saying, we're already friends, we've already quested. You could use something like a rumor mill to sort of be the uh, social lubrication to get people to get together, you know? But yeah, apart from that, I also just like the idea that rumors are sort of they add an element of mystery and mysticism to the game. They keep it away from being sort of a bland, um, I don't know, just direct pipeline of information and, and plot hooks and, and storyline is that it forces players to sort of lift an eyebrow and have incredulous stares when they hear that, oh, no, 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 you know, the local mayor, he's not, he's not silencing the competition uh, it turns out there's some other group that's silencing the competition. It has nothing to do with the mayor at all. 
you know, and this is naturally the point where everybody in the group rolls a sense motive check or an insight check because this is new information. This is potentially a whole different turn in the quest. And it's a rumor, you know? Maybe this person does know for sure, or maybe they just heard it from somebody who heard it from somebody, right? But what's cool also is the idea that different flavors of rumors can come from different people. So one of my favorite references to this is something like uh, in the Elder Scrolls series, things like the uh, the Thieves Guild, where they operate through um, like uh, uh, homeless people or wanderers or beggars or whatever. And you as a character in the game can find out quite a lot about the neighboring cities and towns and like local rumors and what's going on if you go up to, you know, beggars, hand them a couple coins and mention a couple code words, uh, the thieves can't, anybody? And, you know, these, these beggars will know things that nobody else knows, but the kind of things that they know are things that only a beggar who lives on the street might know. Somebody who sleeps in back alleys and might overhear an argument behind a bar after hours, you know? But then again, you think about it, if your characters are really close friends with somebody who's of some sort of high snobiety or some sort of high society role, they might know rumors that nobody else in town would know either. If they become good friends with the local princess or, or duke or something like that, and they end up coming over to discuss matters of some other quest, you might be able to, you know, thread some other rumors in through that exchange and lead on to a new quest at some point through that kind of rumor. You know, if the party shows up to the local, I don't know, the duke or the baron or something like that to discuss what's going on with the mayor, something tells me that it'd be kind of neat if that local uh, uh, duke or baron maybe had some other information to present that only he would know about. Like maybe there's something of a secret society of nobles or political individuals and the duke slash baron, whoever it is, the the darren or the book, um, they could maybe know something about all that that nobody else would have known because it's a society of secrecy that only high upstanding citizens would know about, you know? And that might be something of a quest hook for the next quest, you know, the next one in line, the second quest, the follow-up. But I just, or, or, you know, even to take it one more example, you could have something like a merchant would know something. I'm gonna I'm gonna reference the Elder Scrolls again just because it strikes me as a game that's really good at doing this whole rumors and having to do research through talking to people. But the Elder Scrolls uh, Oblivion, I think it was, um, there was a quest in the Imperial City where there was a merchant in town who was able to sell his products for way cheaper than anybody else. And if memory serves, it's been a while, but what ended up happening was the party through hearing through local rumors and putting the squeeze on that merchant, find out that the people are able to get such good prices on these uh, on these goods and able to sell them so cheap because they're grave robbers or the supplier is a grave robber and they're getting a cut of the money being made from selling it so cheap. And so what happens is the merchant, when called on this, says that they don't even want to do this anymore. They just wanted to be able to make money, but the guilt is getting to them, but their supplier really wants to have a front for all their stolen wares. So there's sort of a squeeze being put on the on the merchant where they want to do the right thing, but they fear for their life. 
So it, it puts a really cool spin on things when you think that merchants would also know something that nobody else knows, and they're the ones who are in charge of coin. And they act sort of as the middleman between the working class and the nobility. And they might in some ways be your ability to know some sort of secret that both groups wouldn't be able to know about. So if we could tie this all together and make sort of a continuum of these rumors, you could have something like visiting a noble, like the duke or the baron, you could be visiting the beggar and a merchant. And if this is still pertaining to that mayor who's snuffing out competition for the local election, maybe the beggar one night thought he heard something, uh, I don't know, the sound of like some scuff or some fight going on behind somebody's house in one of the gardens in a nicer part of town. Maybe that's where, I don't know, a noble who might be running for office is. And then you might be able to know through the Duke that there's some rumor that the mayor is part of that secret society. And then maybe that merchant acts as sort of the middleman between these two rumors. And maybe he knows of mercenaries who protect caravans, like the caravan that he has, where he transports his goods to and from a neighboring city. Maybe he says that the local mercenaries have been replaced and that the typical guys they have are now replaced by a couple of dudes who are really rude, really aggressive, and apparently they're right now working exclusively for the Duke. And it's like right there, all those little bits of information, those little rumors that you pick up, build an entire adventure. And what's cool is, as a DM, you never really had to give it to them straight up. Instead, they picked it up by going to different locations and hearing different stories. And there's a million ways you could go about, you know, feeding an adventure through the rumor mill, but I do think that rumors make for a real living and breathing social encounters kind of game. And I think it makes for a really interesting game where players have to, you know, play that kind of intrigue-based game where they're trying to get to the bottom of some sort of strange and elusive storyline. But in any case, uh, I'm going to wrap it up here. Again, I'm going to try to have a quicker episode this time, and we'll see how people like it. But in any case, um, if you have any comments, concerns, or have any strong opinions related to this, uh, feel free again to either tweet at me, at YGrognard, uh, or send me an email at YoungGrognard, no spaces, no uh, underscores or anything like that, at gmail.com. And uh, without further ado, DMs appreciate your players, and players appreciate your DMs. Everybody roll 20 for me, and uh, have fun.